Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica. Hey, everybody. And we are coming off of a great weekend. We're recording this March episode in February because we batch our podcast episodes, yes, which I think do. is so apropos for what we just did this past weekend with um, a lot of our EV teachers. And that is batch planning live. It was amazing. It really was. I mean, I had such a wonderful time. I mean, that was what, six hours each day, I think with yes. our community. And it was just, it flew by for me. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I was sitting, you know, I was just looking at the clock and boom, all of a sudden it was two o'clock, two 30 California time. I was like, oh my gosh, this is almost over. Right. And I think the, the coolest part about it that you and I have talked about. Um, and if you're listening, maybe you were with us, um, was the community aspect of it. Just 100%. everybody chipping in together and working together from all over the world. You know, one of our teachers from the Dominican Republic, someone else there from Ireland and all over the country, it was just really special to bring everybody together. It was, and I'm loving seeing all the posts in the Facebook group right now of their batch plans for the rest of the year. I and know. they made their planner so pretty with all the stickers. I kind of have like planner envy. <laughs> I know. And it makes me so happy because it, what we talked about, you know, at the event. And again, if you were there, you know what I'm, I'm going to say, but it's the ripple effects of batch planning. It's not the fact that your lesson plans are done, which yes, of course is great, but it's about all of the positive things that happen and come into your life because you are not spending all of your time lesson planning anymore. Yes. You have, you know what you're going to do. Totally. All the Even in the world with us right now, batch planning these podcasts. I'm like, that's my big task to do today. And then I can move on to like other fun projects and time with my family. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited. I love this kind of stuff. I agree. And what's great is then we're not recording the night before podcast episode is supposed to be released and it's frantic and it's not as thoughtful as when we batch plan them. So I think there's so much benefit to batch planning with like so many different things. Um, all right. Sure. So moving into talking about women's history, right? This is women's history month. We are going to be in March or we are in March as you're listening to this podcast episode, which is crazy to me. I know. I know. I know. Hard to believe. I feel like the year has already gone by so fast. 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, here we are, but we think it's just such a great year as always, but to celebrate women and women's history and how much of an impact women have on the world. I mean, I, I believe that women run everything right <laughs> behind the <laughs> scenes and are in charge of everything that happens. I know that's what happens in my household, at least. <laughs> and women's history month, I think is a great time to kind of break away from maybe the normal things that we do in our classroom with novel units or short stories or whatever it is that we have going on and maybe take some time to do some meaningful activities with our students and have them writing about history, making women. Um, so today we're going to share an activity that we love to do with our students. I did it with my fifth graders. I know you did it with your fifth graders. Yes, I, did. I, think I did it with my seventh and eighth graders as well. And we'll walk you through how it's set up and you can either create your own version of it, or we'll include the link for our actual resource in the note section for the podcast. Um, but we just kind of want to walk you through the structure of it, the intention behind it and, and how you can recreate this for yourself. Yeah. So really we're just going to explain how we used it in our classroom. So like Caitlin said, I did use it with my fifth graders. And what I would do is at the beginning of March or really the end of February, I would have students start thinking about a notable female from history that they would like to research a little bit more. So I tied this into independent reading and they would actually choose a biography on a woman of interest for them. Um, But I think what's really important here is to give them some guidance a little bit because otherwise they default to just, you know, 
honestly, like they end up picking the same few people because they just don't know like what other cool female figures are out there. And obviously there's so many, so, so we got to give them some guidance. So I actually have some books that I like to use with my students. And I actually read them to my own children at home. They are fabulous books. I'm going to give you the titles in case you want to add them to your classroom library. They are called little leaders, bold women in black history and little dreamers, visionary women around the world. And they are just beautifully illustrated books. And each page is a different, notable, inspirational, trailblazing woman that students can read about. And it's maybe like three paragraphs on each person. And I love it because it kind of captures students' attention and they're like, ooh, that's who I want to research. That's who Mm -hmm. I want to read more about. And we're talking everything from, you know, NASA mathematicians to poets, activists, tennis players, jazz singers, chemists. I mean, you name it. I love that this book. Yeah. So it just, it's so cool because then students are researching and teaching their classmates about a variety of women. And we're Mm -hmm. all learning so much as a community, instead of reading about maybe the same two or three women that they studied in prior class years. Right. That does happen. (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. And so we really want to get students doing like their own research. So this kind of has a research component to it as well. Mm -hmm. They're going to find relevant information online about that particular female. Um, They're going to think critically. We have a whole critical thinking aspect of it as well as um, a response to to literature, a response to informational text about that particular female in history. So it's all in an engaging and really informative way. And I think it's powerful, like Jessica, what you were saying, just all of these various females in history that maybe our students don't know about yet. And what a great opportunity to kind of expand their knowledge base and expand their horizons about who they're reading about and what they're bringing into their classroom and learning about. For sure. Um, So the ultimate goal is for students in our particular activity to create like a brochure. And I actually love this because it reminds me of being in fifth grade when (laughs) my mom was my fifth grade teacher and she had us do brochures for each of the different 50 States. Did you do something like that? That's I never did that as a fifth grade teacher, but I remember doing something like that as a kid. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it kind of makes me think of my fifth grade self. Um, So they'll create a brochure as like the final product that they produce. And it's not just, you know, um, kind of basic stuff. It's really critical thinking, higher order questions that they're including on their particular brochure. And And can I jump in here really quickly? Because I do remember as a kid, it was like, okay, create a brochure. And you had total, total freedom. And then it's like, I don't know what to do. Whereas I like this brochure because it's really guided. It's more Mm -hmm. like a graphic organizer where we're having students find quotes and pick certain information. So they're really pulling key information. And I remember my students brochures, like, holy cow, really good. Yes. Yes. And what they do is like, they didn't just turn in, you know, a blank white piece of paper with their information written down. No, they were like, coloring in the background and adding like all these amazing components because we made a gallery wall or a gallery walk, I guess you could say of all their different brochures so that the whole school could read about Mm -hmm. these notable figures. Yeah. So what we have students find in their research is we want to know obviously who the famous female figure is that they chose. And we have them do all of what I'm about to say on a graphic organizer to kind of organize their thoughts before they put it on their completed brochure. 
Um, so we asked them to include their date and place of birth, as well as an important quote or quotes from that particular female. We have them find three interesting facts. So again, this is kind of basic so far, but then we want them to kind of go in depth, right? And start to be critical and looking at uh, this through a critical lens. And so the first thing we want students to do in that regard is to explain how that particular female figure had an impact on society. You know, what was it about that particular female? And that, you know, just because it is an athlete doesn't mean that there isn't a huge impact. You know, I think all of these uh, females have great impacts on society. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the first woman to create X, Y, and Z to have a great mm -hmm. impact on society. And then the second part of that graphic organizer where we're having students kind of brainstorm their ideas is we want them to create or come up with rather an adjective that a single adjective that best describes that particular famous female figure. And then we want them to find four quotes. So we're having them find pieces of evidence that directly support their choice. So we're going back to evidence-based writing. So this is really, you know, working with that reading for informational text standards that we need to hit on. And so all all of that information then will go onto the brochure that students are completing at the end. So it kind of the brochure like brings that brainstorming graphic organizer all together in one place. And it's a great opportunity there to differentiate, right? Like I know when I taught it to my students and I'm sure you did the same thing, Caitlin, we weren't looking for adjectives like nice, important, yeah, right. you know, we really spent a mini lesson going over strong adjectives. We brainstormed together. We like took the time to come up with thoughtful adjectives so that they could dig deeper in their evidence and provide more thoughtful justification because, you know, let's up the expectations on projects like this. Exactly. And so that kind of takes us to the last part is when they do complete the brainstorm, I'm sorry, when they complete the actual brochure itself, right, they're going to put everything from that brainstorming graphic organizer onto the brochure. But then like you were saying, we have them choose one of the quotes from those four quotes that they chose to support that adjective of their choice. And they then need to explain how that particular quote supports the adjective that they chose. So they're going deeper, right, with justification, and they're hitting on a lot of those writing standards as well. So just a and little side note on that. For sure. And I think what I enjoyed most about this project was, or at least with my students, it wasn't just like a one class period project. You know, they were reading throughout the entire month, their independent um, book. And then we were doing some research in class, but we were able to like work on it in pieces. So it's not like I needed to dedicate a whole week to this project and interrupt all my normally scheduled, you know, uh -huh. learning. instead I could build it into my curriculum. And that was really helpful for me because, you know, there were other things I did need to get done in March, but this was truly important and I wanted to make time for it. And it just worked out nicely. I yes. So to recap, right. You can take those two books that Jessica suggested. We'll include links for them in the show notes to use those to kind of introduce different female figures to students, as opposed to just the standards three or four that we see all the time over and over again. So have students then choose their famous female figure that they're going to research. They're going to do research on that particular female using the brainstorming graphic organizer concept that we shared with you. And again, we're not just looking for, you know, basic information. And we want them to actually think critically about this. So choosing an adjective to describe that female, um, finding evidence from the informational text that they research to support that particular adjective. And then when they create it on the brochure, you know, incorporating an element of their brochure where students pick one of those quotes and they justify their position as to why that particular quote supported that adjective that they chose. 
Is that a good recap, Jess? I feel like, yeah, you nailed it. Okay, great. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Um, so that's it. If you use this with your students, if you use this concept with them, or you do end up grabbing the resource, we'll include in the show notes for you. Please let us know. We would love for you to reach out to us on Instagram, um, tag us on Instagram so that we know how it went in your classroom. All right. Thanks so much. You guys have a good rest of your week and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everybody.